Access is everything. Hi, everybody. This is Bill Zadites inviting you to become a member of CMG Premium. CMG Premium provides you with an upgraded level of knowledge, research, data, analysis, and much more. With VIP content curated from all of our industry verticals, you'll have more access with CMG Premium. Start your 45-day free trial by visiting autoremarketing.com and click on the green tab labeled Members. That's the green tab labeled Members at autoremarketing.com. Have access to more with CMG Premium. Hello and welcome to the Auto Remarketing Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Overby, Senior Editor of Auto Remarketing. Recording this episode again remotely. I'm at home in Raleigh, North Carolina, and talking with a, a friend just up the road in, in Richmond. We have uh, Michael Bohr, Chief Executive Officer of Carla. Michael, good to uh, talk with you again, and, and thanks for being on the program. Thanks, Joe. I'm thrilled to be on with you. Absolutely. Well, to kind of start off, you know, at a, at a high level here, you know, how how have things kind of progressed for for car lots uh, during the during the pandemic, and you know, from you know mid March to now almost mid June here, what are some ways that you guys have kind of adapted and, and had to have had to adjust the strategy and so forth? Yeah, that's a, a great question, um, man. It was very scary for uh, several weeks. Now, fortunately, it was, it was you know, on the retail side of this industry, it was actually a pretty quick and intense disruption, but it was, it was quick and, uh, and we emerged from it very quickly, but we didn't know that going in. So, you know, heading into, like we had a great January uh, at retail, we had a great February, one of our best, and the last week of February, we had, Know, highest number of leads coming in. We had the most cars we've ever had on the lot consigned from our big commercial accounts, selling selling amazingly well, um, and really looking forward towards a March that we thought was going to be this absolute blowout month, uh, which usually is a very strong month, obviously. But uh, you know, we were just very excited. And then you know, as, as everybody knows, um, the world kind of changed about a weekend. Initially, you know, it felt like not just day by day or hour by hour, but like minute by minute, we were, it was becoming more real, you know, from initially, like, everyone's thinking, well, you know, there's no way they're going to shut down stores, or there's no way they're going to shut down communities and cities. But it all happened. And, uh, you know, we're in five states, we're in uh, Virginia, North Carolina, Florida, Texas and Illinois, and it's interesting they they all handled it very differently. Uh, each state did, and so we had very different results state by state. So Virginia, North Carolina, you know, essentially uh, had all stay at home, shelter in place orders going. Um, Illinois shut down actually for about 24 hours. We we heard on Friday that you know dealerships were not essential. We had to shut down. But by Monday, we had guidance that we could be open by appointment only. Uh, Texas was somewhere in between. And it honestly felt like Florida just never got the memo that there was something going on. Uh, we, you know, we just kept humming in, in Florida all the way through this pandemic. So, And then the, the recovery out of the pandemic has also been a state-by-state -state story. As a company, we're ahead of where we were last June, which is great. 
uh, but we're still, you know, in some markets we're still 30% behind and in other markets we're a hundred percent ahead of where we were last month, believe it or not. So we're just seeing, you know, there's, there's been kind of this drop off and bounce back at different rates, depending on what market we're in. But to, you know, to answer your first question of how we've had to adapt strategy, you know, when we, when we first saw the world was changing and we were getting shut down, we did a massive round of furloughs. We did a, a small round of layoffs, which were more permanent. And then we did a massive amount of furloughs. So we went from 160-ish people down to 30. We basically had one to two people in a store just to ensure that the inventory was safe. Um, and we were still selling one or two cars a day. Um, but, you know, that's not, obviously, that doesn't keep, keep the lights on very long. And so we really, what we did is we furloughed a lot of folks uh, we stayed in touch with all of our teammates through town halls, very regular town halls, some, you know, sometimes weekly, sometimes daily, and uh, just ensured that they knew exactly what was going on. And then in the back, we really, we kept our whole technology team and we really pointed them towards getting us to this next level of automation, uh, online selling and buying uh, paperless, touchless, everything that, you know, at the end of this might end up being just a gimmick, but it's actually great for the consumer. So in very short order, we went from being a traditional car dealer um, with obviously a different model where we're consignment um, to essentially we have the ability for you to buy a car from our store without ever talking to us online, without ever signing a document. It's all touchless, paperless, um, online. So that happened very quickly. We were, we were making strides on it. We started that strategy last November. Um, and so we kind of lucked out that it, it was ready to go uh, right around the time COVID hit. But, you know, we, um, so, so where we are today is, again, we're ahead of where we were last year. We are, we have the ability to be fully online, paperless, touchless um, deliveries to your home. Not as many people use it as you'd think. Uh, people still come in to the store for the most part. Um, and our, our, thought, our thought there is that um, we really want to meet the car buyer where they want to be in terms of how they want to transact for a vehicle. And you know, Carvana and Broom have done an awesome job of selling a tremendous number of vehicles online. But the reason 100% of their deals are online is because there's no other option. With us, you can buy a car 100% online, um, but you also have the option of coming in and looking at it. And we think that that hybrid model gives the car buyer the ability to kind of meet us where, where they'd like to be met. Um, and so we've had, uh, you know, we, we, we do sell cars 100% online. We ship cars out to buyers in Maine, even though we don't have a store anywhere near there, but that would be the minority of deals. Most of, most of the deals are still in-person physical deliveries, although people kind of jump on and off the online train wherever they feel comfortable. And does that, um, does that option exist for, because obviously being a consignment store, as a private individual, I can, I can sell my car through car lots. Do you have that same ability for consumer to sell their car online through car lots? Yeah, so, you know, we've had a few, a few instances where people say, I want to sell my car, but I don't really want to, you know, be in contact with people. And so we'll go pick up the cars. We, you know, we pick up cars for all of our commercial consigners. Mm -hmm. So it's the same, um, it's the same service for uh, the consumer. 
Um, I would say that, you know, there was a period where consumer consignments basically shut off um, as people just, you know, that, that was not a, th a thing that was essential to them was I got to sell this car immediately. But on the commercial side, you know, COVID was a huge boom to our business because as you know, the whole wholesale side of the business essentially shut down, sell through values drop, you know, values drop. 30% sell through dropped 70, 80, 90%, depending on the auction. And it, it reduced dramatically the wholesale index, MMR, Black Book, whatever, whichever one you use. Whereas retail pricing really only ticked down a, a very small single digit percentage. Volumes came down, you know, for a three or four week period, about 60, 70%, but bounced back up immediately. And as I said, we're ahead of where we were last year, where pricing didn't really move. And the way we kind of judge our value is, you know, the, the retail price that we're able to get for our consigner compared to the wholesale price. So when the wholesale price plummeted and the retail price stayed pretty steady, you know, we call it lift, what we're able to get to our, our seller above what they otherwise could sell for at auction, which we usually see as, you know, anywhere from 800 to $1,200 on average, we were seeing that three, four, five thousand dollars because the wholesale index just plummeted and retail was strong. And so, you know, they're all the way from cars and trucks and SUVs all the way down to sedans, we're seeing that lift numbers, you know, rise dramatically. So a lot of our accounts um, that were feeling very stressed because these auctions were shut down that were not selling, you know, the volumes that they that they would. You know, they were selling, they, they started shifting volume towards us and we were getting tremendous results. So it's, it's actually been, you know, it's kind of glass half full, I guess, on, on this side of it is, you know, our ability to service uh, our commercial accounts was fantastic through this process and they achieved great results and, it's, and we're still seeing that. Yeah, and to your point, I had been watching the J.D. Power and, and Cox Automotive data kind of showing the disparity between you know, retail used car prices versus the wholesale used car prices. And, and it sensed, you know, that the gap is narrowed, for, but for a while, like as you mentioned, it was just a huge gap. So the consigners, as you mentioned, you know, saw an opportunity to, to be able to, to get more, you know, for their, for their inventory there. Um, so as you've been working with commercial consigners during, during this pandemic, um, what are they telling you kind of what their needs are right now? And, and how are you kind of helping to, to, help their operations go a little smoother. Yeah, so it's all been, you know, a, a process over the last couple of months. I think their needs initially were very different than their needs now. So what we heard initially when we didn't really know what this pandemic was going to look like, it, there was a little bit of panic selling. It was, you know, let's, we got to turn as many of these assets into cash as quickly as possible, even though I know I'm going to be taking a bath. That lasted for a very short time. There was probably a week or two period where a bunch of cons commercial consigners were in that mode and really driven largely by their clients because, you know, a lot of our clients are selling vehicles for large Fortune 50, Fortune 500 companies. And those companies were saying, listen, I don't know where this is going, but I don't want to have a bunch of cars at auction, so just get rid of them. Very quickly, we, we kind of shifted to, okay, let's not sell into the panic Let's shift to retail. Let's try to get the retail dollars. We, we see those haven't dropped. And let's do what's, you know, let's do what's best financially for our fleet of vehicles. 
um, over time, you know, we're, we, we've seen the auctions bounce back in terms of pricing, not totally where they were pre COVID, but you know, getting closer. Uh, but still the sell through is pretty low. And I think what, what you're finding is a lot of dealers on the front end where we sit are very low on inventory, but they're not happy with the prices they're seeing at auction. You know, the prices have gone up. And so dealers are just being very selective about what they buy. They're probably keeping fewer units on the lot, but they're really picking the right units that they want and they're paying up for those units. So we're seeing wholesale pricing tick up as a result of that, but sell through not tick up as quickly. Um, and so auctions still have a whole bunch of units sitting around and they're, you know, what we're hearing from them is, you know, a lot of sellers aren't even running right now. They're just parking the cars and waiting for, um, waiting for kind of the, the real tail end of this to, to highlight. So we're trying to be, you know, as, um, as consultative with our clients as possible. One of the things we've done in this period is we've really shifted towards being very selective with the inventory we take from them. We have but so many spots on our lot. And, you know, we hear from our clients that while value is really important to them, getting as much as possible for their car, so is time to sell. And if we just take whatever they want to give us, the time to sell won't be as good as um, if we are really prescriptive about what we see selling, translate that to what's in your inventory. Let's pick this, this X percent of your units because we think they'll sell very well. And so we're just working a lot more closely with our accounts on what units make sense. And, uh, and from a shipping perspective, from a year make model and mileage perspective. And so as a result of that, our lift has never been higher and our days to sell has never been lower. And, um, you know, we, we really just had to, I think COVID was just a, you know, mother nature's shock to shock to the system a little bit. And, uh, while I, you know, I never would have chosen to go through it. I think we've come out of it a much stronger company and much better service provider to our clients. Absolutely. And you mentioned to go back to what you mentioned on the consumer consignment side that, Kind of at the outset of the pandemic, you know, folks weren't really in a hurry to, to sell their cars. You know, it's, it wasn't necessarily essential and other things on their mind. But as folks like me who, is there more of an appetite, um, you know, as the pandemic has, has worn on and people travel as much so you maybe get rid of one or two cars and then... Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're seeing, you know, consumer consignments. Um, we're seeing a huge increase in consumer consignments now as people feel more comfortable. You know, I think several of our states, some of our states are just totally open now. Um, several are in phase two or phase three of reopening. So people are just feeling more comfortable to get out. So we're seeing a huge increase in consumer consignments, which is great because those are fantastic vehicles for us. You know, ultimately, you know, we think, the best way we can serve our commercial accounts is by being the best retailer possible and being the best retailer possible means having the best looking inventory out front. And so when, you know, a lot of times the commercial inventory that comes in is a little more plain Jane vanilla inventory, whereas the consumer inventory that comes in is much more reflective of the, of the streets that are driven around our stores. And so having that mix kind of brings more people into the store, and enables us to sell these cars faster and at better prices. So, you know, we, we really, we, we're always trying to tread this balance between consumer consignments and commercial consignments. 
but we, we recognize the value of, of having a good mix of both. Um, and to that point, you know, we've really, in the last year, we've picked up several new accounts that are bringing us very different inventory than we've ever had before. So, you know, a year ago, you never would have seen uh, $30,000, dollars uh, one-year-old pickup trucks on our lot. You know, we just, we didn't play in that price point. We didn't play in that uh, age range. Uh, we picked up several new accounts that, you know, traffic in those kind of vehicles and they've been selling really well. So a portion of our lot now is, you know, very kind of high-end, you know, high-priced trucks. Same with uh, rental. You know, we've got a lot of new rental car accounts and, and those have been good too. We don't, we don't service um, the, the most, the, the newest, lowest mileage rental accounts yet, but a lot of our rental accounts are the kind of the next tier in terms of um, age of vehicles that they run through their fleet. And so we're getting, you know, 15s and 16s and 17s with 30 and 40,000 miles coming off rental fleet. And um, that's kind of a new, new kind of product for us as well. So uh, I think the breadth of our inventory has gotten greater over this period as we've picked up new accounts. And what that does is it just creates more traffic um, on the lot, which helps cars sell faster. And you, um, you mentioned the, the rental companies um, and some of that inventory you guys are getting as the, you know, a couple of the things that are going on in the rental market with Hertz doing going bankruptcy and some of the other rental companies just deflating a bit. Has that impacted your inventory at all? You know, it's a, it's kind of a big um, tsunami that's getting ready to hit the, probably the wholesale market first and then the retail market. We haven't seen it yet. Um, but you know, if, if what we're hearing is true and you know, Hertz is going to be defleeting to the tune of tens of thousands of vehicles a month, um, you know, that will be, that will be an issue for uh, people trying to get good prices at auction and it'll be a huge issue for them. Um, ultimately we haven't seen it yet. You know, we're prepared. We our, our, our fleet is very broad, as I mentioned, our, our vehicles, and so it, it might hit kind of the small, medium-sized sedans market. It'll probably probably won't hit the commercial vans or the big truck segment at all. But in general, you know, you just you, you don't want to see massive amounts of inventory hitting at the same time. It doesn't do doesn't do anybody favors um, on as a seller of a vehicle. If you're the buyer, if you're eventually a buyer of a Nissan Maxima in the next few months, you might. Um, you might be able to get a really good deal um, because I'm sure a lot of people will be giving them away if, um, if, they're, if they're just flooded with them. Well, uh, last question before I let you go here. Um, you know, as we, as we kind of inch our way towards, uh, towards summer here, what are some, some next steps for, for car lots and what do you guys have on your radar for the next coming weeks and months? Yeah, so we're keeping a really uh, close eye on what's going on in the wholesale market and just trying to be um, the best consultants and advisors to our clients as possible. We think volumes are going to be coming up, you know, consignment volumes to us and, and to the auction are going to be popping soon. You know, several of our big accounts um, volumes have slowed a little bit because they're not able to get their accounts into new cars because the uh, OEMs were shut down for a while. So we feel like there's a little bit of a backup there where we're going to see 
dramatically increased volumes as the OEMs reopened and start producing cars again. That kind of is the first step in the supply chain that will allow us to, to grow inventory. So we think, you know, we think all of our stores will be much, much busier. We're seeing very strong consumer uh, demand for vehicles, which is great. And then, you know, we'd like to open more stores. We currently don't have anything west of Texas. Uh, we don't have anything northeast of uh, the Mid-Atlantic, Virginia, really. Um, but we had a very strong demand from our clients for additional, you know, expansion of our footprint to somewhere out west and New England, especially. So what I'd like to see is us make some, and, and frankly, you know, we think real estate uh, values for the type of real estate we're looking for will be more reasonable than they have been over the last few years. Um, so what I'd like to see is us expanding into, you know, the, the West, Western markets, Denver, Las Vegas, Phoenix, somewhere around there, maybe New England, Connecticut, Massachusetts, even Pennsylvania, New Jersey area. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're very excited about um, the growth we've seen through all this. Um, we obviously, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I, I don't think I'd ever choose to go through this, but having now being on the other side of it, I recognize the positive qualities that it had on, you know, forcing us to be more efficient and more diligent. And uh, it's really kind of created a, a stronger company. So we're very excited to kind of take that forward and continue to grow it. It will be exciting to, uh, to see what you guys have in store and uh, really appreciate the time today and uh, for, for joining us to talk with you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Joe. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Auto Remarketing Podcast. My thanks to Michael Boyd, Chief Executive Officer of CarLox, and for our entire auto remarketing crew. Thanks for listening. Access is everything. Hi, everybody. This is Bill Zadites inviting you to become a member of CMG Premium. CMG Premium provides you with an upgraded level of knowledge, research, data, analysis, and much more. With VIP content curated from all of our industry verticals, you'll have more access with CMG Premium. Start your 45-day free trial by visiting autoremarketing.com and click on the green tab labeled Members. That's the green tab labeled members at autoremarketing.com. Have access to more with CMG Premium.